Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. On today's episode, Gabe, Giannis, and I, we are back on the mic for our weekly episode. This time, we talk about this idea of giving and what you receive in return. We talk about, is there such a thing as too much coffee or too much caffeine? So although I love coffee and caffeine, there may be too much. Stay tuned to the podcast. We dive into it. And then finally, we answer the Yeti question of the day. And this one is in regards to RPE. So stay tuned. A little bit of family talk, a little bit of fitness talk, a little bit of business talk. I hope you're enjoying these episodes. If you are, as per usual, simple ask, go back, check out the other episodes, check out the short format, check out the longer format, leave us a rating, leave us a review, definitely helps out the podcast. I hope you and your family are doing well. Let's dive into a great episode. Let's go. Let's see if this internet will hold up. I'll tell you my story about the black eye. It's not that exciting. And then uh, we could talk about what we were just talking about, which is marketing in person versus the online um, stage. I think it's an important topic to discuss. So in regards to Black Eye, um, dude, you know, it's it's really a, it's a difficult situation because I love jujitsu. I love getting after it. I love training hard. I love I love it. Like I, I absolutely love it. Um, but I just hope it doesn't, you know, create a wedge in between, um, you know, Ashley and I, because. Dude, I mean, bro, my ears are starting to get cauliflower. I walk, I go home, I have a black eye and I'm just like, shit, you know, I'm still trying to be attractive to her, you know? And, uh, so yesterday I'm rolling jujitsu and, uh, dude, the thing about, it's just so dynamic that like, I barely, like, I don't know if you've had black eyes, but like, I'll get black eyes from jujitsu relatively often. You barely get punched in the face and your eye goes like this if it hits in the right spot. So I hit right underneath my um, eyelid for anybody who's watching this on video, you can see it. And bro, like, yeah, it hurt in the moment, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't feel like I was gonna get knocked out. And then sure enough, by the time I get home, Ashley's like, you got punched in the face, huh? So anyways, I gotta, I gotta bridge that gap between wanting to be a, you know, a protector and be able to, you know, defend myself and support my family and also look good. So my wife still finds me attractive. That's what I'm currently debating in my head about right now. Um, oh my God. Debates with, debates with Jason Kalipa. Um, is it one of those things like cauliflower ear? You think that like, once you get a black eye, once you're like, you know, you kind of breeze like bruise, like a peach there. I don't know. I mean, dude, I get them. I get them more often than you'd think. And like, dude, what happens is like, someone asked me like, Oh, um, you know, did, did, why didn't you like defend yourself? Or my mother-in-law was like, oh, you know, I thought you could defend yourself. I'm like, Patricia, you're rolling jujitsu. You're not striking each other. Like there's no, you're not trying to defend your face, like trying to defend your neck and your other areas. You're not expecting to get hit in the um, eye. What happens though is just, you know, dude, you got two people moving in different directions. Their elbow goes one way, their hand goes one way, your face goes another and things happen, but it is what it is. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, one of those looks where people like, they look at you when you walk into a store or whatever. Like I walked into the gym an hour ago and people are looking at me like, Hmm, like <laughs> they don't know what to say, but they kind of know what happened, but it's kind of awkward. You know, it's one of those moments. But people know that you do what you do. Um, I feel like it's, it's definitely, it's one of those things. What do they call it? The, um, the, the, the zit theory or something. The oh yeah. You theory. think everybody's looking at it? Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's worried about their own pimple, dude. Like dude. no one cares. No one even notices that you have a black eye. Everyone's worried about like the one thing on their face or whatever that they think everyone is thinking about. But literally if you were like to look inside everyone's head, everyone's just thinking about their own shit. Dude, hundred percent, man. That's so funny. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I remember in high school, like I was self-conscious about that kind of stuff tremendously. And it's like, bro, no one really gave a shit, but I gave a shit, but 
Anyways, that's, that's, Dude, that's my current situation. <laughs> on, on that note, and I, I'm going to have to send this episode to a really good friend of mine, Artie, who, um, so the cool story there, we met, um, Artie and Alicia, a couple that we're now super close with, um, here in Texas through the collective, which was awesome. Right. So like we moved to Texas and Jeremy Tucker, who owns elite, uh, CrossFit here in the San Antonio area actually reached out to us and was like, Hey, saw you moved into the area. Like, you know, if you guys ever need a gym to come by or like whatever, like, come on in, like come get a workout in super nice, super welcoming. So eventually we took him up on it. We went and Artie is their head coach. And he was coaching the class and his wife, Alicia, well, fiance at the time, now his wife was taking class. And immediately we just like hit it off as friends. You know, he ran an awesome class, had really nice things to say about NC Fit in the collective. And we just got to talking. And it's funny because now through the years, they actually had their first son one month before our son. So now we're both like, you know, parents of kids of the same age. We're both super into CrossFit. So a lot of things in common. And it's been nice to have, you know, another couple that's kind of going through the same things that, you know, we can hang out with. But the thing about Artie is he does not give a shit about what people think. Like, dude, if you ever meet him, well, I think you met him. You met him at Rogue. He wears like these like super short shorts and like crop tops often in like colors that like dude it covers the entire rainbow like his outfits are always so out of control and dude he just rocks it it kind of reminds me of emmanuel like you know oh, just yeah. like emmanuel would rock it dude two different <laughs> shoes yeah oh dude but like he always does it in a way where like you don't even think twice like you see him and you're like yeah you know like he, he and and one day he said something to me that i thought was pretty interesting and kind of impactful because like I, um, I got a stain on my shirt from something. And I was like, oh, I'm one of those people that like, when I have a stain on my shirt, like I really want to change. Like, it really bothers me that there's a stain on my shirt. And he was like, dude, like, that's just your shirt telling a story. Like, that just means that like, you know, something happened. And he just has such an interesting way of thinking about things, but it all comes down to like, he does what he does. And he like, couldn't care less what other people think or like, you know, how he might come off or whatever. And he's so genuine about that, that it's in, it's been really cool. But going back to what we were talking about originally, like, you know, if he had his it, he wouldn't give a shit, you know? But I, I, I think that there's so much truth to that. Like it's so much in our heads, what we think other people are going to think about that stain on our shirt or like, this doesn't match or whatever. Dude, that storytelling, that shirt telling a story, that's pretty cool. I haven't thought about it through that lens. Dude, right? He said it to me like that. And I was like, yeah, damn. God, yeah, yeah, but then if you talk to someone who does care, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, the story is I'm sloppy. I got food on my shirt, and now it's gross or whatever it is, right?" Like, I, I, anyways, I wish I could be that way. I'm not quite like I don't really care that that much often, like, like how I dress as long as it's like <clears throat> mediocre. Um, but I, <laughs> I don't think that much about it. Um, but I surely wouldn't be wearing a crop top and uh, pink sandals. Like, I just can't pull it off. It's just not my style. Like, dude, one time I went to a country concert and I was wearing the hat that I got from the Rogue Invitational, which is like a super nice, expensive cowboy hat, right? Like super nice. And uh, one of those like Statson or I don't even know the brand. Anyways, um, and I'm walking around and I'm wearing it. 
I already felt uncomfortable, right? Like I already felt like, fuck man, I'm a poser. Like I shouldn't be wearing this. Like I'm at this country concert, which I love country music, but I was like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like here in California where it's not like, you know, I don't know, whatever. So I'm here in California. I'm walking around. I'm wearing this hat. I'm already self-conscious. This dude walks up to me. <laughs> the guy was being super cool. But, you know, he walks up to me. He's like, hey, bro, just letting you know you got that hat on backward. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was just the way he said it. Like, like, like he was being like low-key, super cool about it. Like he wasn't trying to be a dick. But I was like, I was like he, was, oh. he was trying to he was trying to help you out. He but was like, trying to help. He was but definitely in, trying to help you out. But in helping you out, he like kind of validated my, a little bit. <laughs> he validated my, uh, so he totally validated my, um, you know, oh, my, oh, my man. self car, my insecurity. Anyways, I ended up turning around the hat. I basically like half wore it for the rest of the night, just like holding it in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> just holding it in your hand. Well, because oh, Ashley's good. like, Ashley's like, dude, you got this great hat, great boots. Like, you know, you got to wear it somehow, sometimes. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I don't really feel comfortable. She's like, well, if you're ever going to wear it right now is the time. This is and, the time. And, uh, anyways, that's my, that's my country, uh, country music. Um, this one in particular, I, I don't even remember who went and saw, but, oh man, oh, man. That, that's really funny. Hey, I, I got another random story for you before we move on. So I'm my father-in-law, he got a, he had knee surgery. And so he wanted a recumbent bike to help him set when he sat up on the assault bike or the echo bike, whatever. It was just hard for him to like maintain his posture for whatever reason. Doesn't matter. And so he's like, Hey, can you give me a recumbent bike? I'm like, sure. So I call a buddy of mine. I go pick up a recumbent bike the next day. I have it in the is back it, of my truck. Is the recumbent bike when you're leaning way back? The recumbent bike's the one where like you kind of like sit in like a, a, like a chair basically. And you're okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of you. Okay. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, it's pretty like low key, like there's no tension on your spine. Well, I mean, you're sitting, so you're sitting and you're pedaling forward. Right. And so I have it in the back of my truck and my buddy helped me load it up and I have it in the back of my truck and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm pulling it out at my in-laws house. And I'm like, it's like 60, 40, I'm like 60%. I'm good. 40%. I'm not right on the edge of doing it by myself. This thing was hella heavy. Like hella heavy, probably like at least 500 pounds, but it had wheels and I was able to, it was a thousand pounds and I was able to roll it out of the back of my truck. So like, I'm not trying to make myself sound like a Superman, like I'm lifting it myself, but I was able to roll it out. And I, I was thinking I was just going to put the end down. So I'm sitting there kind of looking at it, kind of debating. I'm like, shit. I was like, all right, what should I do? And, uh, this dude rolls by like an Uber driver. He's rolls by some random guy. And he, he pulls down his window. I'm like, okay. And he's like, hey, man, you need some help? I was like, yeah. And dude, the guy gets out, gets out of his car, just random guy, gets out of his car. 10 seconds later, he literally just picks up one side. I pick up the other, puts it down, and I'm done. And then I have the wheels so I can wheel it into the house. And he just gets in his car and he leaves. And I was like, you know what, man? It's moments like that that make me reassured on humanity. Because this guy doesn't know me from Adam. And sure enough, he goes there and he just, dude, he just... He just helped me out. It was it was super cool, dude. So I thought I'd share that story. Shout out to the Uber driver, whoever that was, that you know, kind of took his time to you know to do that for me. So, do you do you feel like that's like was that surprising? Was that rare for you, so, dude? So here's a really sad thing. This is like really sad, and I hate to even admit this, but I'm going to admit it anyways. The first thing that came to my head was that first off, I'm surprised. 
Secondly, I'm thinking to myself, is there a risk of getting sued if this guy picks this thing up and he hurts his back? Honestly. And yeah, I'm like, no, I know. That's the like, you know, you've been a gym owner for as long as you have opening and operating as many gyms as you have. It's crazy that that's where your mind goes, right? It's like liability, like, all right, yeah, you can help me, but let me go pull out a waiver real quick for you to sign. Dude, and, and <laughs> it was sad. It was honestly, it was sad, but I needed that. I needed this guy to come do that for me, have no expectations, like didn't want any money, didn't want a tip, didn't like nothing. Just like, hey man, I see you, dude, need some help. I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna pull over, I'm gonna help him out. Um, but yes, my my immediate reaction was, why are you stopping? Like, it, it, it sucks, you know, like, like but- Anyways. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is and it's not, it's not your fault necessarily to think that way. It's just kind of like, it's the experiences you've had. It's kind of like, you know, if everyone was always offering to help, then you wouldn't think that it would be surprising. I, I, I saw a video once. It was like a funny video. Um, but I thought there was a lot of truth to this and I wonder if you agree or disagree, but I guess it'd be tough since you never spent significant time on the East coast, but without butchering it, essentially the video and I forget how they talked about like on the East coast, I think it was people are nice. No, they're, they're kind, but they're not nice. And on the West coast, people are nice, but they're not kind. And the story was how like on the East coast, if someone sees that you're like struggling to like, you know, change a flat or fix a flat, you know, they'll pull over and insult you the whole time about how can you be so dumb that you don't know how to fix a flat and whatever, but they're insulting you while they're helping you. Whereas on the West coast, if the same situation is happening, people will be like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Like, I'm, this is really unfortunate, but they'll drive by and they won't help you out. And at least in my experience, the years I've lived in New York and then in California, I think it's pretty spot on. I, like I think East right. coasters, East coasters are like, dude, they're, 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 they're rude, whatever. But like, there's so many people that I know that like, dude, if you tell them like, I need help with this, they'll be like, all right, what time do I show up? Like you're ruining my Saturday, but I'll be there. And I feel like on the West coast, people are very like, oh, like that sucks. I wish I could help, but whatever. Um, so anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. And you, you're, no, your I think, I think, it, I think it, I've never lived on the East coast, but I think it relates pretty well. I mean, obviously it depends who you surround yourself with, but this was just like a reinvigoration of humanity with this guy. I don't even know his name. I don't know anything about, it. you know what? I probably should have, I, you know, what? now that I'm looking back on it, I was the asshole, right? Cause I just said, Hey man, I really appreciate it. But I should have like shook the guy's hand said, but he was, he was, he was wearing like a mask, like halfway on. So maybe he didn't want to shake my, I don't know. There's a lot going on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's funny. Hey man, but you know, what you can do is just make sure you're, you're paying it forward, which I know that you do. Um, you're, you're a very generous kind of person, but, um, that's kind of what I think if that happens to anyone, like that's what you should take away from it. Right. It's less about like in that moment, like what can you do for that person? But just, you know, make sure that when you see someone that could use a little help, even if it's a little inconvenient for you, like offering to help is, is I think what you should do, which on that note, I've been listening to a lot of Dave Ramsey stuff recently. Oh, you know boy. Yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to pay off like all debts. Like, like, I mean, he's really, um, he's a really interesting guy for really sure. Interesting. And just as we've gotten into like, you know, this new stage in life where like, you know, we have a family now we have, we have a kid. It does really make you think 10, 5, 20 years ahead as to like, you know, your finances. It's funny. You're like, we always joke around that we, 
you don't feel like an adult. Well, when you have a kid, you like have to feel like an adult. So I feel like starting to like really think about finances in like a really long window is part of that. So that's how I kind of stumbled on Dave Ramsey stuff. He talks a lot about this. Um, but one of the things that he talks about a lot, you know, cause his like five rules for building wealth, like the first four make perfect sense, right? It's like have a budget, it's live below your means. It's, um, I, I forget the other two, but they're like very concrete, like, okay, that makes sense. Like that's things you should do. But the fifth one is to be generous and to give. And his explanation of it, I thought was really, really cool about like how, if you just approach life with this like mindset of always giving without expecting anything in return, it just sets you up for making more in the future. If you're looking at everything with like quid pro quo, like what am I getting back for helping you out with this or doing this or giving to this charity, then you're always going to be limited to what you get on the back end. And I thought that that's, that's something that's been most interesting to me um, because from like a very logical perspective, it's the one that's like a little abstract, right? Like, obviously, if you live below your means, you're going to do well. Obviously, if you save money, you're going to do well, so on and so forth. But the whole like, you know, just approaching life with a lot more generosity um, has something I've been thinking a lot about. And it was interesting because we hadn't talked about this before and you shared that story, but I think it is important, you know, and it's something that I'm trying to work on a little bit more and figure out, you know, because I come from a background of, you know, first time immigrant parents here were like, it's a lot of like, save, 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 you know, don't even spend and like, you know, give is like something you don't really do because you you have to save. So it's been interesting, man. And I, I highly encourage anyone that's trying to, you know, think about money more long-term to check out some of this stuff. Um, yeah. So Dave Ramsey, they have, he has his show that's like predominantly like money focused, et cetera, mm -hmm. where they have call-in shows, which I think are great. Then he has the Entre Leadership podcast, which is underneath that Dave Ramsey brand. So I've been a part of that podcast a few times, I think twice. Um, but uh, in regards to the give thing, dude, you, no better example, zero than my father-in-law. He is, dude, it's just like, I don't know if it's the way the universe works. I don't know what it is, man. But like he gives, 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 gives. And just, it just comes back tenfold and it gives with no expectation in return. And it's hard to do, man. But, um, I've watched it firsthand since I was what, 16 when I first met him and I've just seen the way it's worked. Like the universe is this weird way of blessing him because he gives with no expectation. I'm talking financially and predominantly with him financially. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really, really interesting the way to watch it work that way. Like, Anyways, I, I we should, I, I got to have you come out and spend some time. Well, actually, you're going to be out here. I don't know if you're going to be able to spend time with him without me, because that's kind of weird. But um, when you come out, you got to meet him because he just gives, 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 gives. Whereas, Is he based like, in the Bay? Yeah. Oh, whereas, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. Whereas like my parents, yeah, uh, you know, kind of similar to you. I mean, my parents get, you know, it, it's just, he's on a different level than anybody I've ever met. Um you know, my parents, again, you know, my dad came from Iran and his, it was just, it was just different, but my father-in-law came from Iran too. You know, what's interesting about him and then I'll, I'll move on, but you know, what's interesting about him. He's a byproduct of his parents. So his mom was like an angel. She's like, um, she was like a uh, mother Teresa. She was just, she would always give super generous. And his dad was like a very, 
a, you know, very, very much so a businessman, like entrepreneur. It was all about money. If you didn't make money, you were nothing. And so he's like the byproduct of both of those. So he goes after he, he's entrepreneur, but he gives, gives, gives. And that's what, anyways. Yeah. Shout yeah, out so to, uh, Mr. Feeney. On, on, on that note, you know, like Ariel and I now are, have been talking about like some goals for next year of like giving, you know, Ava's kitchen, is, baby, Ava's kitchen. What? <laughs> Come on out. Which is, you know, like really cool for us to start thinking about that because usually you're just thinking about when you talk about financial goals, like how much are we going to make? How much is in the bank account? How much is saved? How much is invested? It's cool to also start thinking about like, hey, what are some things that we like feel good about and how much can we give next year and how much can that grow going on and on? Um, because, you know, having that goal obviously pushes you to make sure that you're covering all the other things. Cause that's kind of the extra on top. So it's almost that idea of setting any goals where like, you know, if you shoot for, you know, X plus 10% and you still make it to X, you're still winning. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we look at it the same way. So like for us, um, Ash and I were, you know, we're big supporters of the high school we went to, cause that's where we met. Um, and we're obviously massive supporters of pediatric cancer, um, uh, uh support. Um, but I mean, finding things you care about and then giving towards those, I think just gives you extra inspiration to, to work. Like we talked about this before. If you don't make, you can't give. I mean, I did a whole cough of clip on it. Like it's like, like if you, if you don't make as a gym owner, as a business owner, if you don't, if you don't go out there, if you don't hustle, if you don't grind, if you're not inspired to work, you can't go back and give to things you care about or the people that support you. And so that's, that's the inspiration, at least for me. So directly in line with what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, so here's the thing. Is there, <laughs> so is there such a thing? It's a really important question. Is there such a thing as too much coffee? And yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I ask is because, so right now I got my Yeti tumbler. Shout out to Yeti. We will be having the Yeti question of the day coming up. And, um, you know, I'm just drinking my coffee. I I'm all good. But when I go to Phil's sometimes, I feel like their caffeine is like overly dosed. Dude. And sometimes I get Phil's goes so hard. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I'll get anxious. Like, well, like, I don't even know what happens. Like, I'll, I'll um the other day you guys were in town for meetings and I drank Phil's, which I normally don't drink Phil's, but I drink Phil's and I drank fully caffeinated Phil's. And dude, I ate, I felt good, like all was fine. And then I drank like half of that thing. And I was up like half the night and and then the next day, I'm like, okay, it wasn't the coffee. It had to be something else. I drink another half. And I'm like feeling anxious and nervous. I'm like, what the fuck's the matter with me? So does that ever happen to you? Does that happen to you with like super strong coffee? Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually pretty sensitive to caffeine. So I've been good about like figuring out that for me, it's like one cup in the morning and I don't usually have a second cup. Yeah. Um, unless I'm like, if I'm traveling and like, especially when I come out to California, the first day um, is always kind of like a catch up day. Cause you know, you, it's only two hours difference, but it does make a difference. You'd be a little tired. Sleep is all messed up. So I might have a second cup of coffee then. Um, but lately on, on that note, because the concern with coffee is, is well, not concerned, but the reason you'll get anxious on and so forth is caffeine. I have been doing like, I'll do coffee in the morning and I do take a pre-workout that has a little bit of caffeine, not a lot. So in that note, I'm having two caffeinated beverages, but Noon is like my hard cutoff. I'm I'm not yeah. having anything caffeinated afternoon. So, dude, so noon has to be my hard cutoff. Even like a few sips, and I'm like I'm tripping. And I I don't take pre workout. Um, I've never been that guy. Um, if I do, I just drink coffee. If like I'm lifting session, you don't uh, need it. 
Dude, I, I don't need it. I've never <laughs> been the pre-workout guy. Um, dude, <laughs> would you, oh man, I was at our gym. This is years ago. I was working the front desk at the health club. And back in the day, one of those like super, super like aggressive pre-workouts came out. I don't know which, like, like, um, it was one of those Jack, like fat, Jack, 3D. Jack 3D. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, dude, this guy comes in. He was a friend Wasn't of mine. Jack, I think Jack 3D like was like banned in some states. Yeah. Some so, point. so a buddy of mine comes in. He's sampling this. So, so I'm like, oh, you know what, man? Like, sample it. Like, I, you know, I support your hustle. So he's at the front desk and he's sampling this drink, but he wasn't doing a very good job. And we were both young. We weren't explaining like, hey, this is a stimulant. Like, so this guy, do we had to call the ambulance because? This guy thought he was having a fucking heart attack because he drank it. And then he got on the elliptical. <laughs> his heart, this isn't funny, but his heart rate spiked <laughs> so much that we had to call the ambulance and they get there. Oh man, I got in so much trouble because I was the one who put that guy as like a sampler. Anyways, no more Jack 3D on my, on my, uh, on my watch. No, dude. Some of that stuff was, was heavy, heavy stuff. We had an incident at the CrossFit gym where I started CrossFit Garden City, where I, I actually wasn't there for this, but I heard the story. We had a coach that was like super into like all the supplements. And I remember he used to have in his bag, like just different containers with like different pills. And one of the things that he had was like, it was like caffeine pills because he was really into like, you know, not getting like, you know, the Jack 3D, like, or the things, crazy flavors. He was like, he had his creatine, he had his beta alanine, he had his, you know, caffeine, but they were all like, you know, just those substances. And a buddy of him asked like, Hey, can I get some creatine, which you had to take like a certain amount of pills for. And he ended up taking the caffeine pills instead. So he ended up taking like a lot more caffeine than anyone should have. And everyone like noticed because he was standing there like at the whiteboard briefing like like he was like like oh dude like <laughs> i took something wrong they realized that he took caffeine luckily his wife was a nurse so she was able to like you know like just okay he's gonna be fine and just kind of monitor him but he got messed up pretty good because he took like pure caffeine pills i forget how many you know milligrams he ended up taking but it was like it was a scary amount. Which, yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever had their stomach pumped because of caffeine, but that was probably scary in the moment. Yeah. Dude, oh, I can't imagine that feeling. Cause sometimes like to your point, like if, if I'm in California and I, you know, have a coffee in the morning at the Airbnb and then we have like a fills and I haven't eaten too much yet. I hate that feeling. Dude, the feeling yeah. where it's like too much and yeah. you're like, like your hands are kind of like, it's like, I got to go eat something or like work out, burn off some of this energy. It's like not a good feeling, dude. No, because you start feeling anxious. You're like, why am I feeling anxious? Like that's yeah. not the, that's not the byproduct I'm looking for. So, no. <laughs> so the answer is, I wrote this down. Is there such a thing as too much coffee? The answer is yes. yes. Even for a guy like me, I love it, but uh, I gotta, I gotta regulate it. And then you gotta be careful of like the type you're having and how much you're having. So yeah, yeah. we recently got a, uh, well, Ariel got an espresso machine. She's been wanting one for forever. Um, and it's nice to have. It's convenient. And I ended up buying a bunch of decaf pods. Yeah. And um, like a decaf coffee after lunch in the like afternoon is like the nicest thing ever. And it's That's decaf nice and I feel good. Just like uh, the taste of coffee. I love the taste of coffee. Yeah, me too. So being man. able to have something and not deal with the caffeine at all has been nice. Side note on decaf coffee. If you're going to go decaf, make sure it's water processed, decaffeinated, not 
chemical process decaffeinated. You don't want that junk. Water process decaffeinated. It's my Shut pro up. tip. Pro tip: water process decaffeinated. Yeah, I um, dude. So I I I had a big breakthrough this week. I have not had a sip of alcohol in uh, five days. Thank you very much. Um, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I, I sound like an alcoholic. No, um, I was talking to MDV. I was like, you know what? I want to get a little bit more jacked, right? And I was like, don't we all? Yeah, I was like, you know what? I want to get a little bit more jacked. I was like, you know, maybe I want to lose like five, 10 pounds, five pounds. And he's like, he's like, well, you should just reduce your alcohol consumption. And I was like, I don't really drink that much. He's like, dude, do you drink three drinks a week or more? I was like, yeah. I was like, does it everybody? Like three drinks is not a lot. Let's be serious here. No, like, it's, not. it's not. And uh, he's like, dude, you should, he's, I was like, He's like, what are you having? I was like, oh man, he made me feel like I was tripping. Cause I, I, I told him, I was like, ah, probably like six a week, maybe like on at, you know, give or take. And he's like, oh, I was like, shit. So I had to, so, MDB. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, you know, I'm talking like six glasses, like over the span of a week, six glasses of wine or whatever. Right. So now I'm going to, I'm going to cut it back. See if that helps me get a little bit more jacked. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, man. Alcohol is a slippery slope for a lot of reasons. You know, obviously there are a lot of calories in there. Um, so you're getting that aspect of it. But I think the biggest thing, and everyone can relate to this, me and yeah, you drink and then you go eat a ton. Yeah, dude, your, your inhibitions go down. Like you, chips start tasting a lot tastier after a margarita. And next thing you know, you've like outdone yourself. Oh, um, Mezcal margarita with some salted chips. Oh, get out of here. But I think that's that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and I'm glad you brought it up, is how what might feel like very, very light drinking isn't as light as you think. And it's really easy to get there, right? Like three drinks a week as a benchmark. Like if you have wine two weekends a night and then you go out to you know dinner one night on the weekends and you're having two cocktails there, you're over three. And I think that that's super like realistic for a lot of people. Like, yeah. You know, it's a glass of wine twice yeah. a week during the week, not even every day. And then I'm going to go out to dinner and we're going to have, you know, one or two cocktails like that's right there. And I think a lot of people easily consume more than that. So it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like if you don't literally like, okay, how much am I having? Am I writing it down? What is like an average month look like? I think it could be really eye opening and not to the point where you're like, Hey, I'm not going to drink anymore, but just, you know, if you cut that in half, it can have a huge impact on how you feel, how you sleep, your body composition, so on and so forth. And it doesn't necessarily need to mean that you're not drinking. So, yeah. And not to mention, by the way, like, um, I don't know if you've seen, there's these new mocktails. So like the kids, dude, there's mocktails for kids now. Like they're really getting into it. Like uh, they're not for kids they're for adults, but they're non-alcoholic drinks. But you know, one other thing too, dude, is, is the cost, man. I mean, drinks just add up so much. It's like, sometimes I'll look at like an appetizer is 20 bucks. Uh, a drink is 20 bucks. I'm like, dude, I want an appetizer. I want another one of those, you know, yeah. give me one of those tuna something anyways. So from, from a practical standpoint, I just personally like, dude, I'm, I'm eating my calories. I'm not drinking them. Like to your point, like I much rather those X calories come from like some more chips or like, you know, really good side of tuna tartare than, uh, you know, having a, a, a cocktail or an extra cocktail. And I think that one of the moments where that became like really evident that I didn't need that anymore was when Ariel was pregnant. Cause obviously she wasn't drinking and we made it like a very like particular goal while she was pregnant to go to day night, like every week 
because, you know, we're very much in the mindset of like, this is, you know, in many ways, the last time <laughs> where we're going to have the freedom to like, you know, just do whatever we want for date night. And I'm not saying that like, oh my God, it's so hard now that we have kids. Like we take him, we've loved being parents, but it is a shift. And I think that one of the things that I read was really impactful is like, you're never, you're not going to want to like, once you cross over to being a parent, be like, oh man, I wish we had done a little bit more when we were single. So just to say, we went out to eat a lot while she was pregnant and she wasn't drinking. So I wasn't going to drink. So I think that like that whole period really made me realize that like, man, A, the bills are a lot cheaper, you know, at the end of the night. And like, you know, I feel better and we can have a great dinner and and not have to drink. So I think that that was really helpful in like cutting back the fact that like, oh, when you go out to dinner, you have to get a cocktail. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's something that, yeah, because I'm on that get a little jack before summer plan, you know? So this, this, <laughs> I love <laughs> just, it. <laughs> just a little bit. Well, cause I'm going to Europe, uh, with the family, by the way, um, I will be doing an event in France and one in Italy. So stay tuned. If you listen to this podcast and you live out there. Um, but, um, dude, I want to, you know, I want, I want, I want some good pictures. I want to, I want to look like I feel pretty fit, you know? So dude, I get it. I get so it. that's, that's the plan. Um, I, uh, I want to make sure we brought up the Yeti uh, yes. question of the day. What'd you pick? We had some we, good questions in there. Well, so this one was kind of like a three-parter because I don't know if there wasn't like enough way to like write it or what it was. So these came through Instagram stories on my channel at Jason Klepa. So in future weeks, if you're listening to this, make sure you go check it out because we're going to be doing this every week. And um, the the winner receives one of these, these Yeti, these water bottles that are absolutely awesome. Um, but let's talk about this one. Jay Lowe says, have we met the stimulus if we match the prescribed RPE and should we track the RPE like scores? So for example, if the prescribed RPE is seven, but I felt it was a nine or a five, what should I be asking myself? What is the best way to process through our RPE after workout is over? So what's the best way to process RP after workout is over? Like, I know it's kind of a loaded question. Like, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack there a little bit. So the way that I read that question is, okay, you know, we say that a workout is supposed to be RP seven, which if you look at our RP chart or just kind of how RP works in general, like that's a pretty tough pace. But like, to me, I break down RP to like, just for simplicity, like I think eight, nine, and 10 are very similar to me. Six and seven, very similar. And then like anything below five, those are kind of my, my categories. So if you're thinking about it like that, I think that six and seven realm is somewhere where like you had a good amount left in the tank, not a lot left in the tank, but a good amount left in the tank, but you still got sweaty your heart rate still got up. You still felt some burn, so on and so forth. But like, it should definitely feel like, oh, like if I told you, hey, five minutes rest and you have to do that again, it wouldn't like scare your pants off. So if you finish something like that and you're like, man, that was a nine or that was a five, I do think that that means that, you know, missing the stimulus. I think a big reason that we've leaned into RPE in our programming is because what it should do is simplify understanding if you hit or miss the stimulus. Like that's kind of the point because, and I, I can't hear you. So I don't know if you're meant to be on mute. 
I, I'm a, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying all right. Yeah, I'm saying right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that you know, there's going to be some things that were like, hey, the stimulus is to get this under 10 minutes, and I think that that's how a lot of other programming try and tell you what the stimulus is. I think the advantage to using RP instead of that is because there isn't like a for some people, most of the time they might be within that like fittest time that we put out, right? But sometimes it might require you to be RP10 to get that fittest time. Sometimes you might be able to do it at an RP6 because the movements are more in your wheelhouse, so on and so forth. So I think RP gives you a really good tool to over time start to learn that while you might not have to adjust every workout we put out, there might be some workouts that you do need to adjust. And I think you can learn that as you go by keeping track of like, hey, today was an RP7, I overshot or I undershot. Yeah, I mean, take for example today. So today's workout is Ava's birthday workout and it is a RPE, we put it as an RPE8, right? RPE8. And the reason why I put it as RPE8, and you can make the argument RP7 or eight on this, but it's not a 10. So like, I think what's important, this message that came across is we use rate of perceived exertion as just a way for us to like create a, baseline with our members and ourselves. Like if I'm looking at RP 10, it's like all out. It's probably going to be a sprint workout. I know what RP 10 or nine feel like and eight or a seven are kind of like the same thing to me. Like they're not, they're not that far different. Like there's a big difference between a 10 or a nine and an eight or a seven. I know that sounds weird, but there is, there's a big difference there. And I eight, agree with that. you know what I mean? Like, and, and then an eight or a seven is not that big of a difference, but then a seven to a six or a five is a huge difference. And it's just by the way that you approach it. So like an eight or a seven, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to clip this hard because there's no reason why I should stop moving. Um, I should be moving pretty fast. And this one, Ava's workout could have been a seven or an eight, I think, but the way it works is a 400 meter run. And then in a 21 ground overhead for 20 minutes, that's a long time. But the thing about it is you figure you have the run to kind of recover to then get back onto the barbell and, and almost do that unbroken, which is why I think they, they, we structure it, you know, as an eight. But I think that, you know, to, to answer this question, you know, I don't think you should get wrapped up in RPE, but you should reflect on how you performed. So if the workout asks for something and you feel like you're way off of that, then just next time trying to adjust more accordingly. Like if you felt at the end of the workout, like to your point that you could have gone for another 20 minutes, you probably weren't going out of RPE eight, right. Or seven. If you feel like you could have gone for another, you know, couple minutes, that's probably spot on. Whereas in RP 10, you should not feel like you should be able to go much further than where you're at, almost zero. And a really good analogy. So I'm I'm teaching um, kids track and field. Um, I just need to get an official whistle. If I hadn't a whistle, I'd be really really official. But I was working with one of the girls yesterday on a hundred meter sprint, and a hundred meter sprint. Watching her, it's so fascinating to me because they don't know what intensity is yet. So like their hundred meter run, like they feel like they're going hard. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, I want you to go really hard. And they go a little bit harder. I'm like, you know what? I, right now you're at a 15 second, 100. I want to see if you can go 14 second. And I'm going to try and run it with you and see if you could keep up with the clock. All of a sudden, they're reaching their potential. They just didn't even know it was possible because they hadn't felt that intensity before. So learning those different areas of RPE and what 100% effort is versus 60 or 20, I think is important. And um, I know it'll give you a win for that workout for that day. Anyways. Yeah, and I... And I, I think that uh, another very useful way to use RP instead of, you know, being so caught up in like 
did I exactly hit what it was is I think comparing the workout you're doing, the workouts you're doing in a week and how they compare should give you a good benchmark of like how they should feel and how you should approach them. Right. So if you look at the week, Monday through Friday and say, and you see that there's a six, an eight, a 10 back to a six, and then an eight, it almost gives you a really good view of like how you should approach, like how they should compare to each other. Right. Like, Cause I think that for a long time, people that trained CrossFit, me included, it, it was RPE 10 every day, right? It was every day you're coming in and you're busting the doors off. And it's just like, how well can I hold on today? Some yeah. days you crash with five minutes left. Some days you crash with eight minutes left. Some days you actually make it to that finish line right before crashing. And I think that where RP is really helpful is you should always be getting now to the end without like a pace you come out with and a pace you finish with and this huge drop off. Yeah, I yeah. think it's 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 a pacing strategy to me more than anything if you're hitting the appropriate RP. Yeah, I mean it's a, the the track is the best example of this. So Ava's going to be running the 400 and you know I'm teaching her how to pace at 25s for each 100. You know, no better example. Chris Hinshaw taught me so much about pacing because you know, if you look at the track and it's a 400 meter track, I used to go, let's just say I was doing a mile. I'd go out hard and then I would just hold on. Instead, it's like, no, I want each 100 at this pace, each 200 at this pace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I've been working with the kids on. It's been really helpful um, to your point. Um, I think that's a great way to describe RPE, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's how I use it. I think that it's easy to get really caught up in like the exact number. And I think that that's, it's one of the things we want to move away from, right? Because I think in the strength component of our programming, the whole reason that we really like RPE for that is because in percentage work, which is what a lot of people used to use, people get so caught up in the percentage, right? It's like right. the program that I'm doing calls for 82.5% of my one rep max today, which translates to like 177 pounds, which means that you're putting 175 on it. It's like, does anyone have the one pound? Yeah, we're the, we're, trying the to be, little, we're the small You're trying point. to be yeah. so precise about it. And I feel like a lot of people miss the forest for the trees when they do that, when there's something to be said about that precision to it, but there's just so many other variables, your sleep, your recovery, like how stressed were you coming into the workout to, if you can simplify it down to just come in today, give me five by five at an RP seven, right? And that might look like 177 pounds today. It might look like 195, right? If you're feeling great, it might look like 135, but either way, it's the same RP based on everything else that's going on. I think that that's, it's just a less stress, more simple way to look at it, easier to kind of hit the stimulus given everything else that impacts how we perform. Yeah. Well, dude, I got to get 12 rounds of this workout in um, right after this. I'm going to be, you know, who's actually coming in town. He'll be here like momentarily is uh Ben knees over toes guy. And uh, he's putting on a seminar for our members, which I'm really excited about. And he's coming in today. So he's going to, I hope he's going to give me some insight on my knees. And I will be sharing it here on the podcast. So knees over toes guy um, is coming in. He's teaching a free seminar for our members, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be capturing a lot of that content um, or uh, actually all of that content, if I'm not mistaken. And he's here. Um, yeah, so it's perfect. I'm just looking at, yeah, he's here tomorrow. We'll be teaching a seminar for a couple hours and he's been working with our coaches. So I look forward to sharing that information here on the podcast about you know some of the things I learned about what, whatever he's found to be successful of helping people with their knees. Cause that's an area that I think a lot of people need improvement on yeah, including myself. I'm, I'm excited to catch up. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, so we got, 
look, we had we teased out if you're if you're a gym owner or coach, we teased out some stuff on the last um well, actually those were the coaching field notes, not the bi-weekly um gym owner uh, uh email. So, if you're not uh signed up for our B2B newsletter that Gabe puts out, make sure you check that out in the podcast show notes because every other week Gabe shares really good insight and then Every week we put out the EOE weekly, which is on Mondays, which if you're not, you know, sign up for that. I think that's another, a lot of value there too. So make sure you guys both sign up for those, um, in the, in the podcast show notes. That's yeah. right. And uh, yeah, we, we got to dive in, in the, maybe next week we could talk more about this idea of like meetings in person and how those connections yeah. that you foster, <laughs> like there's just, there's just, bro, we've talked about it a little bit, but like there's just no substitute for getting in person, man. I just feel like you just create bonds and you get to really know people that you can't do online all the time. It's very difficult. hundred percent, man. And I'm, I'm curious to dive into that conversation. Cause I think you're one of the best people I've ever seen at just kind of like networking and like, you know, creating, uh, just a, a, a network, right. Networking, creating a network of people that, you know, not, not even like call in for favors, but just that, you know, providing value for them so that down the road, you know, they can kind of reciprocate that and just continue to like, it be a very two way, um, exchange of like, you know, we support them, they support us. Right. And it's this whole idea of like a rising tide lips all boat. So, um, yeah, we can dive into that next week. I think that'll be a good topic. Dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in it. So yeah, we got, uh, so knees over toes guys coming in fired up to talk about that. Obviously Ava's birthday workout, 12 rounds. I, I think the way I'm going to approach it this week or this year is I'm going to do the class at noon. I think I'll be able to accomplish six rounds in 20 minutes. And then I will then take class maybe later on in the day again and try another six rounds. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to do 12 rounds in a row. I dude, I just, that's three miles of running and However, 21 times 12, uh, so what, 200, 240 plus, uh, clean and jerks or snatches. No, thank you. Not right. It's now. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure to check out, uh, at Jason Kalipa, uh, on stories during the week, because we will put out the Yeti question of the week. If you want to win an awesome Yeti product, make sure you check that out. Um, also if you get you know, enjoy Maddie's podcast. We love hearing from you. You know, I get messages pretty regularly, especially from people here in the Bay area and whatnot. But if you can leave us a rating, leave us a review for the show, definitely helps it out wherever you listen to this at. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks for checking it out. Uh, we're trying to build that YouTube audience for sure. So keep crushing it. Keep getting after it. Any final things, Gabe? No, man. I think you covered it all. I'm excited to enjoy a weekend up here in Tahoe and, um, report back on how awesome it is up here. It is, it is beautiful. Yeah, you got to let me know how the snowboarding goes if you do it. Probably won't snowboard, but I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs>